I'd really advise you to not say yes to every opportunities, but say yes to opportunities that you might in, in at school or in your undergrad haven't said yes to. I think that can really help one build skills in, in areas you, you haven't had the chance to develop them yet. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the SkillsCast from the University of Warwick. This is the show about how to learn and develop your skills while at university and how to use them to set you up for a fantastic start to life once you graduate. In each episode, you'll get to hear from a range of different people from across Warwick's campus about why skills are important, how they developed theirs, and how you can too. I'm your host, Dave Musson. I work in Warwick's skills team, and in this episode, we're hearing from some of the first students to complete our new Thrive program as they tell us about the skills they've developed while studying here at Warwick. Now, before we go any further, I should probably explain what Thrive is. Actually, I'll hand over to my colleague Sarah Bennett, who runs the programme, to do the honours. Hello, my name's Sarah. I look after the Thrive programme here at Warwick. That's our women's personal development programme for both undergraduate and postgraduate students. Thrive's a fantastic programme. It exists to help support our women students to develop their confidence, their resilience and to develop a greater sense of agency. So in this episode, we're going to hear from four students who were part of Thrive's pilot programme. They will tell you more about the skills they've developed both on the programme and alongside it. If you'd like to find out more about Thrive yourself, visit warwick.ac.uk slash thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and consider following the show so you don't miss any future ones. You can find the SkillsCast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you listen. And you can find transcripts of our episodes on our website at warwick.ac.uk slash skillscast. Oh, and if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to answer the question we've added to this episode on the mobile app. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, let's start by meeting our guests, starting with Kieran. Yeah, sure. So I started my master's last year um, and I decided to specialise in cybersecurity management, um, something that after my computer science degree at Coventry, um, there was the opportunity to take whether I wanted to go down the academic route further or decide to go into industry. But I think for me, it was the right time to specialise in this area. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Lynn and... Currently, I'm studying in mental health and well-being, a postgraduate program here. And I come from China. I absolutely enjoy the Thrive program. It has taught me a lot about um, empowerment and um, a sense of agency, as you just said. My name is Sarah. I am a second year politics and international studies student here at the University of Warwick. Um, so I'm doing my undergrad. And I think first and foremost, what I enjoy being about a political science student is that it allows me to kind of deconstruct these big mainstream narratives that constitute our modern world and I think that's like that's the most rewarding task I could possibly imagine. <laughs> I am Stella and I take part in the pilot of the Thrive program. I am a first year student now moving to the second year majoring language culture and communication and um, yes I am very happy to take part in Thrive and sort of happy that I discovered this opportunity to be a part of it. To get started, we wanted to hear from our guests what skills they've developed so far during their time at Warwick. And there's quite a range, so let's hear more, starting with Lynn. So professionalism, for me, it's like a whole package of skills. So I'm, I think I'm very lucky to um, be part of the mental health and well-being program because now I'm, I'm coming to the end of the program and we are now in a um, work placement phase. So this is where I start to pick up this professional skills, 
which I spent three months working on a research project with lawyers because those are my research subjects. But, you know, lawyers, they are different from academia. They have their own way to work. They have their own way to communicate. But still, because my aim is to study them. So I need to find a way to um, both bring um, our academic traditions and their own, I don't know, professional way of mindset together so that both parties can be happy with the project. Here's Sarah. I'd say a, a bunch, definitely. I mean, being being in such an international environment, I think I'd definitely say intercultural awareness, uh, but also skills like ranging from from communication skills to to definitely critical and innovative thinking, something I was not exposed to a lot before I came to work. But I feel like first and foremost, probably resilience. With with resilience, I don't I don't mean like that kind of neoliberal concept of of self-reliance or of toughness, but more kind of the or I, I would define this as the ability to mentally cope with whip or, or adapt to challenges or, or to adversity. Yeah, and I, I think being being a work uh, has has definitely equipped me with quite a lot of resilience. And I'd, I'd say that in in that sense, being able to adopt and overcome challenges that's that's just a super important pillar for well being and for, for staying sane. So I'm very very grateful for that. <laughs> Here's Karen. I think for me, um, self reflection is definitely a key one. I'm also building up on my communication skills, being able to communicate effectively and efficiently is something that I think I lacked in. Also, I think critical thinking, as this is something that I may be doing in the background, but didn't put any importance or significance to it. I think these three to four skills that I've developed during my time at work have helped me to gain the position that I'm in today. And here's Stella. I would say um, it is to sort of find myself um, studying work because I was a Moore student, which is a student from statistical department before I was a linguistics student. And um, I restarted after one year in Moors because that time I was, it was a self-realizing that that might not be my main passion learning mathematics well Morse is a very fancy sort of core and sort of the top one um work major in in this uni so that was catchy in the first place but after one year's learning I wasn't about to fail but still I am not good enough and I'm not happy enough with what I am doing I am not that curious about what I was learning so then I took one step back and think huh maybe I Maybe I should restart. Maybe I should re review myself about what I truly love and where my passion truly lies. So I think to me, the biggest skill I need um, to be a work student is really to know myself better and then to enjoy work. One of the great things about studying at Warwick is that there are plenty of opportunities to practice these new skills, as our guests can explain, starting with Lynn. Yes, I'm really glad to see how Warwick tries to help students to develop and demonstrate those skills through this through these activities really because if you think if you think about it you can really gain a lot of new skills and opportunities and experience through these activities but you just have to realize that 
what's the deeper values behind these activities that the school set up for our students. But I think we have to, I don't know, be mindful of our lives so that we can really see the true value behind them. And Sarah? So I think it, it definitely started before I came to work already. I mean, the whole like preparation process. For example, things like getting a visa, getting health insurance, also such like seemingly very little things like uh, booking a flight. I remember at this point, I've never been, I mean, I've, I've been on a plane before, like uh, on a school trip and uh, also for like an EU project, but I never really had to book a flight on my own. <laughs> so I was quite left alone with all of these things. But I think seeing that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm exposed to these challenges, but I, I, I can overcome them. I can sort these things out on my own. I think that's kind of the first instance when I could see myself developing that resilience and becoming more confident and more competent. And then definitely when I when I arrived at work, I was I was plunged into that completely new culture, a new country. I mean, I came straight from school. I had zero experience of of living as an adult, of kind of yeah, living alone. And then I was here. I had I had to manage all of these things, but at the same time I had to to speak um yeah, a, a different language. I didn't go to like a fancy international school where like half of your subjects are in English. I had like two lessons of English per week and then I like 24-7. I remember that was that was definitely one of the challenges that made me that made me more resilient as well. With challenges, 100%. So I, I don't want to romanticize it. I feel like it's always easy to romanticize these kind of things when you talk about them in hindsight. But the, the whole process was was challenging at, at all times. I think the, the constant jumping out of your comfort zone, stretching yourself, that gets tiring. And I think what, what stood out for me was, I think, that being, being challenged academically or kind of these suddenly not having straight A's anymore like I was used to in school. That was just emotionally very, very difficult because that being that brilliant student felt so deeply ingrained in my personality. And um, I, I, I knew I, I kind of, yeah, I, I did struggle with that a little bit. Also the kind of homesickness at the beginning, It there, there were a lot of moments where it felt like one step forward, three steps back, kind of like, oh, it's never going to get better. But I think that especially with resilience, these kind of skills are vital, if not to say these are kind of the, the core what makes you would make you resilient eventually. And about what I what I enjoy the most, um, mm. or what I, what I did enjoy the most about it, I think when you encounter these obstacles, when you work on them, and, and at some point you're able to overcome them, that's like one of the best feelings in the world for me. Mm. <laughs> and it gets so much easier, genuinely. Like, for example, when I was first presented with all like the jungle of bureaucracy when you immigrate to a new country. It, it felt like an impossibility. It was really that kind of burden. But now whenever I have to work my way through like a jungle of bureaucracy, I don't even mind it anymore. I like it really sometimes it became easy and, and sometimes even a little bit enjoyable, which is also kind of odd. Uh, my friends make, make fun of me for that. <laughs> hey, Stella. Yes, I think, well, now that I've come to the story, it's it really is a big help because we do lost from time to time when we thinking about how I, how I see myself I think that is already a very sort of popular concept that we need to be more highly aware of ourselves what we want what we value for what do they really mean and what, what how we do it? it they are not just like sentence like the headline of the newspaper or for the you know those um uh, psychological website Headlines—they are something that we truly need to do. And I think Thrive is 
then in that step helping me to know more to dig in a bit more about what, what are they really what is self-awareness really and um to me i think the biggest thing the biggest takeaway that uh from thrive is they helped me to identify my emotions and to name those emotions especially when it's a strong negative ones and you really want to figure out why why do i feel it this way and why i'm sort of lost of control and why they something driving mad what what is it really and is it madness really or is it sadness disappointment regret and what it is and um so i sort of also the program and surprised me how deep that we go to it is not like a shallow talk on emotions like how we deal with it but rather we dig down to every single emotions i think there's one sessions that we dig into burnout, out dig into regret and angry we said angry is an energy i remember a lot of lines from those sessions and i am so grateful to sort of hear how how deep we can go to and how many details that we might have missed out when we just think about self-awareness we actually go a lot of down to different emotions and to knowing ourselves better really and karen so there was a number of initiatives that were introduced by the university and as a postgraduate student you have to be careful because you are aware that you're only here for a year however you want to make the most of it at the same time so it's either you kind of go all in but you need to make sure you can balance your studies as well. So um, I came across the Warwick Award quite early on and something that WMG offers, which is where my course is situated in the department, is um, the WMG Skills Plus. So this is something that from that initiative I was able to kind of pick up on the way alongside my studies. And then towards the end of summer, something that I thought was really useful was the Thrive Programme, which was um, undergoing on the pilot session so in these sessions, if I'm totally honest, I thought when I signed up, I was more going for it because of the Warwick Award. It was something that I kind of needed the core skill points at the time. But then when I took a step back, I so I've there was a set requirement due and you had to stand, attend certain amount of sessions. But I enjoyed it that much that I ended up attending additional sessions because they really helped to develop my skills. We'll be back shortly with more about Thrive right after this. Has this episode got you interested in finding out more about Thrive? Thrive is an interactive in-person program for female identifying students or non-binary students who are comfortable in a female-centered community. On the program, you will hear from inspirational speakers and have the option to work with a mentor to support you on your personal development journey. Thrive can help you increase your self-awareness through understanding your own strengths and values, grow your confidence through exploring boundary setting and building assertiveness, feel empowered, overcome self-doubt and increase resilience, make connections with like-minded students and start to build a community of support and much, much more. Thrive is open to undergraduates and postgraduates, is free to attend and has two versions, an intense two-day programme or a month-long version. Find out more and register at warwick.ac.uk slash thrive. That's warwick.ac.uk slash T-H-R-I-V-E. A key part of completing the Thrive programme is really understanding yourself and what range of skills you have. 
Alongside that, it's also about recognising where you might still need to develop certain skills. That's certainly the case for our guests, who all recognise there are more skills they want to hone. Here's Stella. I think it's a sort of always learning process. It's never like, ah, I'm nailing it. I, it's, it's, it's always like I can do better and I understand myself better. And I think the amazing part about knowing yourself in terms of your emotions is that you always have new materials to learn because things are always happening. And you always then have new feelings about different things. And um, you then learn learn from that. You're like, huh, I behave this way when those things happen. And maybe next day, similar situations, you feel it differently. And you're like, okay, the, the understanding I got yesterday might be wrong. And might, something else might have an influence on that. So then I think that's the reason I feel sad. But actually not, it could be something else. So I think with life going on, it's it, the understanding will get sort of clearer and clearer and then clearer. It will, it might never touch the most clearest knowledge. It might never do that. We'll never reach the boundary or the edge, but still we're getting closer and closer. And that is how I think it's so sort of worthy to always discover and never think I cope with my emotion well. And I come down all the time, so I, I don't need to still develop any um, skills on it. We do, actually. Here's Kieran. That's an interesting question because I think some people have this idea, once they've completed the academic studies in the higher education system, that's it. I've very quickly learned that it's only the beginning. I think um, I've still got a long way to go. And at the time, I might not appreciate that. Once you've got this degree, you think... Obviously, I'm still waiting for my results, but you think, oh, yes, I've got everything in hand now. This is it. I can just start working and keep going. I think for me, I need to take the opportunity to develop on organisational awareness, as this is something that will take time to understand the transition from academic to industry. So even though we're trained to some extent of how to perform well in those environments, until you're really in them, you don't know how to handle the situation. You're going to make mistakes which will have an impact on the wider organisation whereas when you're at university if you miss a deadline it's only really impacting yourself and it's a reflection on yourself whereas if you're working in a team in the workplace you've got accountability and responsibility to take action and make sure you do those things to a certain standard and I think that's something that will take me time to grasp and understand how I will go about those things. Here's Lynn. Well, I've definitely been developing those professional skills very early on um, when I was in high school. I was very interested in some of those leadership roles in, in school. I was a, but it's something about being a mentor to other boarding school, uh, no, to other boarding students. So that's where I start to feel like, okay, leadership comes with responsibility and you better do your job. Um, And then that's how I started to pick up those skills where my supervisors think is essential for for me to enter my career in later on. And then you just kept developing. And when I was in Thrive, I was thrilled to see that the skills that I have developed throughout the years has helped me to really fully immersed into the atmosphere with other students 
in the program. And here's Sarah. Yeah, I think that the process of acquiring resilience, that's my, by no means really like linear. Um, and sometimes when I'm struggling with my mental health, for example, it's of course more difficult to not take these kind of setbacks or obstacles personally and to always be willing and, and ready to, to work through these obstacles. I am very much a perfectionist and if things don't work out immediately, that's something that frustrates me still. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's the, that's normal and I'm, I'm working very hard on on accepting that. But I, I think that the fact that failure is, is, an, is an opportunity to grow or a setback is an opportunity to grow. As as often I've I've seen it in the past, I think I still there's still a lot I need to internalize. Each of our guests, as you've probably picked up by now, have found they've almost specialized in a particular skill. So we wanted to hear from them what advice they might have for you to develop those skills yourself. To start with, here's Sarah's advice for building resilience. So yeah, it, I think it, it doesn't matter at all whether you're an international student, whether you're a domestic student starting the undergrad or, or a master student transitioning to a different university. With almost 100% certainty, probably if you, if you want it or not, <laughs> you're going to be exposed to lots of like new people, new, new places, new challenges. And so I think essentially there are two options. Either you, you decide to like sit in your room, let your uni experience pass by without really touching you, or you you throw yourself out, yourself out there and you embrace it. I, I think as, I can encourage you to go for the letter, of course. It's, it, it, it might be scary to to talk to someone new in like Freshers Week, or it might be scary to approach that professor after lecture, but that's essentially what's going to let you you grow and then I think be more resilient. Kieran and Stella both found they developed their self-awareness. Honestly, there are a lot of opportunities outside of your day-to-day degree um, in terms of the initiatives and the opportunities that are available at work. So one thing that was important to me was volunteering to be able to give back to the community uh, to show how grateful I am for the things that I have. So I did sign up to the Warwick Technology Volunteers where we had the opportunity to go um, into primary schools to teach kids how to code in Scratch. And that was something that I probably wasn't exposed to until a lot later on in my education. I think by encouraging individuals at a younger age and making them more aware actually helps you to appreciate what you have in this university space. The other thing is that your time management is, can be quite difficult when, especially if you're, despite whether you're living on or off campus or living at home or away, it's a new experience for everyone. So you're having to adjust, but to make the most of it. So. Um, the things that I got involved in have led me to a number of different things, being able to speak to different people, just exploring the website. So I wouldn't have come across WMG Skills Plus if I hadn't spoken to the Creators Team. Warwick Awards was something that was introduced, I think, last year, and that was determined that, okay, well, I've got a year to do this. Let's get on with that. Being able to attend conferences and events as well, I think, but putting those skills into practice really helped. Well, I think first for go to thrive sessions, and um, we need sort of a starter, a starting point, and maybe well, I am like I'm the type of person who I sort of need to hear something else before I start to do something. So I would like a piece of advice or some sort of professional um, suggestions before I put them into the action because. 
in that way and I rely on those suggestions more, I would feel like I am doing something in the right way so I will get there. So I think it is important to have some knowledge before we do something um, or just think it's right to me. Sometimes it might not be right to you, so is it worth to participate in those workshops and to listen to other stories and also go through all the materials with the lecturers from the Thrives and sort of to learn from them. And then I think it's easier to come up with a more personal, more customised skills that you want to develop on. And here's Lynn's advice on building your professionalism. Actually, there's one one approach which I think a lot of people may may think it's not obvious, but to me it's quite obvious because you can always see how your own lecturers or um, professors do things while they're teaching. To me, that's my personal approach. It's through by every time when I when I was in a meeting with my supervisors or my profession, um, the lecturers or my professors, I always um, I'm really interested to see how they put up a, a set of slides, for instance, how they talk to students, how they write their emails to different people, how they manage to to help students like me to um, to really expand our experiences here. Just to have to, have to to really observe them, how they do things around here, so that you know through through those approaches you can really grow a lot and learn a lot. But I just feel that like not many people notice that. We also wanted to hear how our guests plan to use these newly developed skills in the future. Here's Stella. Oh, that's a that's a really good question. I think we, it's it, it might be the CV writing CV thing in the first place when before we even enter the workplace. And um, I am working on it now as a first year student being summer break. So I was sort of don't really know where to go and don't really know how to write a good CV and um, keep contacting with my advantage teachers and try to get some help. And I think in the, in the preparation of writing CV or writing cover letters, it already requires way more self-awareness skills than I realised. Because how to put your personal stories and experiences in a A4 paper, that is challenging. And you need to, you want yourself to stand out and you you only have the resources that the HR are going to be able to see, human resources people are going to be able to see. It's just that paper. So how you make yourself special and how you tell the story and you tell it yourself. So I do consider that as a huge part of self-awareness how you put them in and um, so I think I even though I have almost zero experience in workplace I have some maybe failed experience in writing CV but still loads of them Um, so I do consider that as um, it's very hard it's not like a one end thing you know you know who you are and then you put in, in an article it's different. It's different from that. It's more like you are building your skill along with writing failed CV, should we say? And um, so, just in in the writing CV process, writing, or say looking for a job process, I think self awareness is an 
super important because you also need that to find a place that you really want to go, find a role that you really want to play, find a job that you really want to apply for and um, sort of examining what you like. Here's Karen. I think for me, leadership, so something that I want to do in the technology space is I don't necessarily want to specialise and become an expert in one field. Um, I'd like to become more of a generalist and understand the key concepts at a high level overview, but make sure I do understand the core concepts. And I think leadership is something that, despite being at university, may have been on a group project. So I was the postgraduate faculty representative and I had the opportunity to explore with the board and present ideas to them. And even though there's elements of leadership there, I've never managed a team where it's mattered to get to the next stage. So I think, yes, we have group projects and I think they do mean a lot, but sometimes you can choose those group projects. You can't choose the people you work with and you need to understand their strengths and weaknesses and understand that delegation is important. Um, I think some people can get caught up in that they've got to do things in a certain way, but being able to trust people. But going forward, I would want the opportunity to put this to practice because I'll be honest, doing group projects at university, sometimes a person won't show up, so you'll take their task on. Whereas if that's happening in the work environment, it's not necessarily possible to consume all that work and get it done for it de- delivered into that deadline so I think I would like to take the opportunity to see where I can grow in that space. This is what Sarah had to say. So I think resilience that's I'd say one of these skills that's going to be needed in in any kind of workplace and I assume is also appreciated by many many employers. Professions wise I, I don't really see myself settling down in the next couple of years like I I'd like to work in different places all around the world of different people and because I at work I, I saw and I, I started really appreciating that kind of diversity I didn't have before. And I think that process of building a new life and, and settling down in a new place and, and dealing with all these obstacles again that come with yeah, building building your life in, in a new place that is gonna require a lot of resilience and that's why it's gonna come in very handy. <laughs> and here's Lynn. Well I'm glad to find that those professional skills are trained also are also transferable skills. So maybe in future in workplace, I know better how to write an email. I uh, I hope I can get better at making presentations and to present my ideas to to anyone who's interested in listening to me. But really, I feel like now I'm already in a zone of workplace already because through the placement project, I feel like I. I am working. I'm not a student anymore. That identity has shifted. So I just need to practice more and hopefully I can apply them in different areas that I might work in in the future. Stick around for a little longer as our guests have some great tips for you coming right up. It's never too early or too late to start thinking about what you might do after graduation and what skills you need to do it. The Warwick Award can help you do just that. Pulling from your academic modules, as well as anything else you get involved with, such as volunteering, sports teams, societies, internships, placements, caring responsibilities, part-time work, and plenty more, the Warwick Award recognises and showcases the skills you're building through those activities. It also highlights training and development opportunities, so you can craft a full range of skills to help set you up 
for a fantastic start to life after graduation. The award is free for all undergraduates and taught postgraduates. It can be personalised to allow you to shape your own employability skills development and it is ready for you whenever you're ready for it. Registration is quick and easy, so why not join more than 12,000 students by signing up now and taking your first steps towards earning the Warwick Award. Find out more at warwick.ac.uk slash Warwick Award. So to wrap up this conversation, we wanted some practical tips from our guests about where you and any other student listening can develop your own core skills while here at Warwick. That might be as part of the Thrive programme, and we can absolutely recommend doing that if you're eligible for it, but it could be elsewhere. As we've heard before on this podcast, once you start developing your skills, it can get quite addictive, especially being here at Warwick, where there are so many opportunities available to you. Anyway, here's Kieran. There's a number of different ways you can go about it, but this time won't come again, and I think I might have realised that afterwards yeah I had it a lot while I was at university that these will be your best years or you'll never get the chance to do something again so putting yourself forward and seeing what suits you because there are a number of different elements or things that are offered at university and they're not going to tick the boxes for everyone it's something that you have to put your time and dedication into and take seriously Um, you can attend a number of workshops but if you're not engaged and making the most out of it you'll probably feel worse or kind of drained because you've taken those ti- that time out of your day to do something just to tick another box to say you've done it. But I think that's something that I've had to understand. And my advice for that would be, if the Thrive Programme interests you, take the opportunity to give it a go. It's structured in a way where it fits around your schedule and there's not that much time taken out and that can give you a real boost. The same with the Warwick Award, there's... D- I think if you make that as your kind of overall goal, even if you're just, um, so for postgraduates, I think the point system, it worked in a different way in terms of how much you had to get compared to an undergrad. I think seeing what's out there and speaking to people and engaging with them to see what would suit you and then give it a go. Because if you don't like it at the end of the day, you can step away. But most likely you'll love it and take something away from it and be able to build from there. Here's Lynn. Well, I know Warwick has tried its best to um, create these professional environments for students, but I think also it's vital for students themselves to realize that at some point they are they will not be students anymore, and and once you graduate from Warwick, um, the world requires a very different mindset to cope with. So while we're still at school, I think the best thing I I can think of it's just to try different activities and and be curious about what's going on around you. For instance, um, I I never thought that I would have the opportunity to um, record a podcast here. This is something new for me as well. So these these little experiences really help me to to keep develop my own skills and. Yeah, I just think because for a lot of students, they really didn't realize that they have so much more, like the school has so much more to offer for them. So, but they always maybe like stay in their own little bubbles and, and they don't realize that they have many new experiences they can explore. But if they can be more daring to ask and to be more curious about how other people are living their academic life, they might have something new 
to gain. So I think that's really important to be open and just um, be flexible, really. Here's Stella's tips. Don't feel bad whenever you discover you might get something wrong or you did something wrong. It's fine. And always know that the ability of you acknowledge that problem and be able to solve or at least improve that thing is something that you need to be proud of with rather than sort of hanging on that that past decision and be like, how could you do that? And now it makes me feel so bad. So always say like plan B. I want to think plan B as um, the B not as a alternative letter of plan A, but plan B for back myself up for always love and, and hug whatever I embrace whatever I want to do. And finally, here's Sarah. So I'm not a fan of this kind of narrative. Oh, say yes to every opportunity. That's I feel like that's always targeted at like new students that yeah, yeah, plunge yourself into everything. Because at university you you're most likely gonna be presented with with so many amazing opportunities. And if you say yes to every kind of coolish opportunity, you you're most likely gonna gonna burn out and that's not what's what's going to make you happy. At least in my experience, I, I kind of struggled with that a little bit in my first year that I said yes to a lot of things um, that, that kind of overwhelmed me. So I think being being a, an essentialist is also a good, good kind of advice. But uh, a piece of advice I, I heard from someone very recently, and, and I resonate with a lot, is that when you're presented with a number of opportunities that seem like equally good, the most kind of foreign one or the most kind of strange one might be the most rewarding one. And yeah, I uh, I think in, in my experience, that really is true. So I think that I'd really advise you to not say yes to every opportunities, but say yes to opportunities that are, that you might in, in at school or in your undergrad haven't said yes to. I think that can really help one build skills in, in areas you, you haven't had the chance to develop them yet. And I think most importantly, and above all, have a lot of fun. <laughs> don't get disheartened if, if like things don't work out immediately or you don't find your, your passions or your future career in like the first few instances of trying new things. I think that with, with, persistence and, and fun and a little bit of resilience your university experience is, is going to be exciting and it's going to be colorful and it's going to be full of new learning experience and certainly full of new skills <laughs> you've been listening to the skills cast a podcast about skills development from the university of warwick if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend and consider following the show so you don't miss any future ones you can find the skills cast on spotify apple or wherever else you're listening and you can find transcripts of all our episodes at warwick.ac.uk slash skillscast. And there's a link to that in the episode description. Oh, and if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to answer the question we've added to this episode on the mobile app. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much to Sarah, Lynn, Stella and Kieran for their time and insights and best of luck for the future. If you'd like to follow in their footsteps and take part in Thrive, then be sure to check out warwick.ac.uk slash thrive. That's warwick.ac.uk slash T-H-R-I-V-E. This episode was hosted, mixed and edited by me, Dave Musson. I also designed our artwork, while our music is from Adobe Stock Music. We'll be back with a new episode in January. The Skillscast is brought to you by the team behind the Warwick Award, the University of Warwick's Employability Skills Award and Development Scheme. Find out more at warwick.ac.uk slash warwickaward. Has this episode got you interested in finding out more about Thrive? Thrive is an interactive in-person program for female identifying students or non-binary students who are comfortable in a female-centered community. 
On the programme, you will hear from inspirational speakers and have the option to work with a mentor to support you on your personal development journey. Thrive can help you increase your self-awareness through understanding your own strengths and values, grow your confidence through exploring boundary setting and building assertiveness, feel empowered, overcome self-doubt and increase resilience, make connections with like-minded students and start to build a community of support and much, much more. Thrive is open to undergraduates and postgraduates, is free to attend and has two versions, an intense two-day programme or a month-long version. Find out more and register at warwick.ac.uk slash thrive. That's warwick.ac.uk slash T-H-R-I-V-E.